0: Welcome back. This podcast is called The Name of the Wind Podcast, starring the wise man's page, and this page is page 720. Why did it take you so long to decide? I was considering the reason for its beauty, I admitted. And? I could say it both moves and doesn't move according to its nature, and that grants it beauty, but I do not think that is the reason. Why then? I watched it for a long time. I do not know. What do you consider the reason? It simply is, she said. That is enough. I nodded, feeling slightly foolish about the elaborate answers I had given before. Do you know of the Ketan? she asked, surprising me. I now had an inkling of how important such things were to the Adem, so I hesitated to give an open answer. However, I did not want to lie either. Perhaps. Apology. She nodded. You are cautious. Yes. Are you Shaheen? Shaheen nodded. When did you expect me of being who I am? When you asked of the Katan, I said. When did you suspect me of knowing more than a barbarian should? When I saw you set your feet. Another silence. Shaheen, why do you not wear red like other mercenaries? She made a pair of unfamiliar gestures. Has your teacher told you why they wear the red? I did not think to ask, I said, not wanting to imply Tempe had neglected my training. I ask you then. I thought a moment. So their enemies will not see them bleed? Approval. Why then do I wear white? The only answer I could think of chilled me. Because you do not bleed. She gave a partial nod. Also, because if an enemy draws my blood, she should see it as her fair reward. I fretted silently, doing my best to mimic the proper Adam composure. After an appropriately polite pause, I asked, What will become of Tempi? That remains to be seen. She gestured something close to irritation, then asked, Are you not concerned for yourself? I am more concerned for Tempe. The sword tree spun patterns on the wind. It was almost hypnotic. How far have you come in your training? Shaheen asked. That's the page. My name is Nick.
1: I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So because we're in Ademra, and they use their hands for everything. I don't feel the need to call out hands, but I do sort of feel the need to call out wind.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. In fact, I missed a wind earlier, is that Shaheen, um, when Shaheen invites him away, she says, you should not, you know, just stand out here in the wind. Wind comes up a lot here. Wind. Yeah, and this, I think one of the reasons the sword tree is valuable for Quoth is that it's a way of visualizing the movement of the wind. And I think that becomes explicit a bit later when he is trying to uh, do the test of the sword tree. Um, The wind is ever-present here. It's always moving. It's a big deal when he calls the wind to stop the wind from blowing, which is what lets him pass the test, uh, which, you know, maybe is unsporting. And, uh, yeah, it almost seems like the wind is something that they are... Not that the adam are like enemies of the wind, or not that they fear it, but it's certainly like something that they kind of have to coexist with, and it is perhaps a, a dangerous damaging force for them, if indeed the Stormwall Mountains are do have such terrible storms.
1: I suppose yeah. I never really considered whether or not the Stormwall Mountains would have big storms, because I assumed they were keeping the storms out.
2: They're keeping the storms out of the rest of the world. <laughs> they all happen here. I see it's been explicit on past pages that the, like the atom of construct their entire system of like architecture and like building a space to live in is predicated around avoiding being destroyed by the wind by moving with it instead, which I don't think necessarily suggests an adversarial relationship so much as their culture is shaped by a relationship to like hurricane strength storms. Mm-hmm. There's a truly metal passage on this page which is where she explains or quote realizes why she's wearing white <laughs> which is just like hard as fuck
1: yes i agree very good i also like the idea that it's a reward like she's so good that it's a reward to whoever can cut her
2: yeah exactly if you're good enough to hit me you deserve to see my blood yeah it's it's uh it's badass for many reasons yeah it's extremely hard
1: makes me want to wear a white t-shirt and pretend like people can't hit me. But of course that would never happen.
2: <laughs> well, you only have to become, you know, masterful. <laughs> no. This is very similar to the sequence where like Luke realizes who he's been talking to, but Luke kind of makes a fool of himself. Wait a minute. You're Yoda. I am ready. Yeah, and he boxed his he head. throws a temper tantrum. Yeah. Right. Whereas Quoth plays it. Uh, this This conversation is a lot more understated. It's a lot more chill which is just in keeping with the way that the A.D.M. communicate. Yes. He's so cautious talking to her. He's hyper aware that that the stakes are very high and he really doesn't want to put a foot wrong. And he doesn't want to like accidentally throw Tempe under the bus, which I think speaks well of him.
0: I think it's odd that he has to ask, when did you suspect me of knowing more than a barbarian should? Because obviously Shaheen already knows that Tempe has been teaching him the Ketan and like the language and... You know, brought him there and everything. Actually, wait, maybe not. Did, Why would did she those know that? The mercenaries beat them back. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good point. I was thinking that, like, yeah, those those mercenaries were not with them on the journey to Herit. Yeah, that's a good point. They didn't like send her an email. Yeah, no, no, no. That you. Okay, yeah, I get it. Thank you. You successfully ripped me. But no, yeah. In every read of this, I've I've understood Shaheen to have like been already informed about Tempe, but I realize that this is them getting ahead of it now on this read is that like the other the other mercenaries saw them and were like you have to go make this right with shaheen and sent them there but this is them going they haven't been snitched on yet
2: yeah interesting what she's saying is like i like basically as soon as i saw you i saw evidence that you have learned something of
0: our ways yeah i mean surely tempe said something to her but he hasn't That's seen her. They
1: That's not clear. That's not entirely in- clear whether or not Tempe's seen her. Yeah.
2: No, no. What? What? Hold on. Tem- when Tempe's when they arrive in town, he goes straight to Shaheen's house, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go in there and talk to Shaheen. Wait for me outside." And then she shows up outside, not having been inside.
1: Houses have back doors.
2: <laughs> but she, but she came from along the path, not from the house.
1: What, the 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 door can't let out into like a back alley that turns around a corner?
2: It should be pretty clear that Tempi has not talked to Shaheen before Shaheen talks to Quoth. That's the whole point of why she spirits him away. She wants to talk to him without Tempi knowing about
1: it. And I sort of assumed that, that she snuck out the back door.
2: <laughs> but there's nothing in the text to indicate that and everything to indicate that that's not the case.
1: Well, fine. I guess I was wrong then. Because
2: on page 717, Quoth is like looking at the stone wall of the nearby building and a voice from behind him says, what do you think of our wall? And that's Shaheen. She came from the road behind him. Did you say she came from behind? I would say that. Yes. Okay, What's good. that from? Many things, Jordan. Take a guess.
1: Well, I don't know. It could, it could literally be anything with you two. What
2: thing do we talk about more than we talk about anything else except perhaps this book?
1: The internet?
0: Well, it's also owned. technically We've both the internet, been owned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm it's, I'm good, it, I think. Is it Star Wars? Yes, what it's it? Star Wars. Obviously, it, it's Star Wars.
1: Oh. I'm sorry.
0: It's what Jack Porkins says. Oh no, not Jack Porkins. He's he has a problem here. Uh, oh no, what's the name of no, the pilot it's, who it's, says what, that?
2: it's what Red Leader says, isn't it? No, he
0: goes, "Ah!" and then crashes into the (laughs) he does he does (laughs) yeah yeah uh, oh mercy yeah but uh do we have a letter that's gonna say ah (laughs) no now i just know who says they came from behind oh it's uh it's gold leader isn't it lost tyree lost dutch yeah red leader this is gold leader lost tyree lost dutch they came from behind and then of course uh when the gnomes uh ornithopter in warcraft 3 is destroyed they also go, they came from yeah. behind, which is funny the first time, but if you have like four or five of them in a group and they all get killed, it's really annoying to listen to. Really hope <laughs> someone got fired for that blunder. Over you. This letter is from a, a writer who is writing under a new moniker, so I will refer to them by their new moniker, which is Haiku. Uh, this person writes on hard light bridges. Chair Dan Nick. In the hopes of derailing discussion further into the unknown, talk about how light sometimes acts as a particle reminds me of the hard light bridges encountered in Halo. In the video game, just as in Falerian's meaning, it's simple. You flip the switch, the light becomes hard, and you drive across. In contrast to hard light bridges in Halo, which require a power source and must remain stationary and are housed by unknown massive amounts of infrastructure, the thread-like behavior of Falerian's shade, harvested in such a state only at the edges of starlight and darkness, is mind-boggling. I mean, hard light doesn't stay hard on its own, does it? What is Felurian doing? Is she giving it its own Alar? Is there some unseen pocket dimension that provides some kind of power not unlike an Alar to this compound of light and darkness? Or is there some unmentioned component to this compound, e.g. belief or suspension of disbelief? Felurian is like a god, right? Side note, time is different in the Fae. The fey appears to encompass a single day in all its vast, unending amount of distance. If time is expressed on a different axis than on the material realm, then the distance you travel away from the point of entry could dictate the amount of time has passed when you return. Hard be rock and stretch, down low and hard be unseen, mentional matter. Signed, Haiku.
1: Wait, was that last bit of Haiku? It was. I don't understand it. <laughs> Can you read it again?
0: <laughs> Just because you asked so nicely. Hard be rock and stretch, down low and hard be unseen, mentional matter. I think it's a reference to the subject of the letter, which of course was on hard light bridges.
1: Okay, that makes sense. I get it now. Yeah. Thank now, you.
0: Now, I don't have much to say about the hard light bridges in Halo because I've repressed everything from the final chapter of Halo, which is an endless slog through the same alien corridor. Um, so... I not much Gee, to that sounds
1: unpleasant. It. I'm so glad I haven't played Halo.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is like they ran out of money and just copy-pasted the same map um, and then you basically just run through it the same like over and over for 45 minutes. It's it's atrocious. But as for the other, sounds I mean, bad. I think we've kind of
1: covered this. I like the concept of hard light bridges.
0: Oh yeah, like and it, it's you know, it's it's cool and and fun and neat and I think we've kind of covered, you know, the idea that Felurian's magic bears no explanation is one that i think is most relevant and interesting and that it can't be explained it simply is falurian is a being of the same stuff that naming is made of you know she transcends science and she's part of that kind of magic that jeremy is so fond of
2: and to try and explain it would kind of lose
0: like miss the point yeah
1: yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, if anything, the hard light bridges are in Halo are similar to um, to sympathy and oh. the kind of and like artificing, and that they require massive power sources and massive amounts of infrastructure.
2: And we did also on those episodes that take place in the Fae, we did kind of talk about the the weird relationship that physical distance might have to time, and I think we did even cover the idea that. That distance might relate in some way to to when you come back to the real world, how much time has passed for you and for the
0: world. The only wrinkle to that is that the Cathay says that three days have passed since he, or in the real world anyway, that three days have passed since Quoth arrived. So unless the distance of the Cathay's glade from Felurians is three days worth of distance, uh, I think that there's a time dilation of sorts rather than a... Uh, other than that, although I do like that idea, that theory, that like as you travel in the Fey, you travel in time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the Cathay just knows how much time is passing in the mortal world as well as the Fey world. I think that's the explanation for that. The Fey, because the Fey can like has extrasensory perception to the point where it can see all possible futures. I think it knows how much time is passing in the real world, quote unquote, and the Fey. So I think it just puts it in terms that will make that will make cloth understand. Well, I'm glad to have stunned my co-host <laughs> in the silence with my brilliance and insight, and I'll do it again tomorrow on another page. Uh, the way.